Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. And I'm Jasmine. Welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode two. I just went to Walgreens, okay? Uh-huh. And you know how we've been doing this all day. And I like right. literally am looking like a uh, trash goblin, but with great eyelashes because I just got my eyelashes done. So I'm like <laughs> walking into Walgreens, like my hair's all up and like, looking like I got probably like five or six birds nesting in it, you know, my fucking <laughs> shirt has cat hair all over it because I'm single. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not looking the best. Okay. This is not my best life I'm living right now. And every man in that Walgreens is hot. Oh I'm, my God. <laughs> I know I'm talking hot. This one guy I kept running into, of course, was the hottest one. He had, like, a motorcycle jacket, and he had his, like, hair up in a man bun, which I don't normally like, but he also had, like, punk rocks, like, tattoos, and, like, you know, if he looks like a felon, I'm into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, like, blue eyes, and I'm just, like, ovulating <laughs> just looking at him, you know? <laughs> but I'm over here looking like the fucking junk collector from the labyrinth <laughs> you know the you know the one <laughs> damn calm down <laughs> it's funny because you know it's true though that's why that's, that's why you're why. laughing so much. yeah I've looked at like that guy so many fucking times I mean Listen, happens to the happens to the worst of us. I'm not. It's true. (laughs) So that just happened. So I'm just, you know, a lot of trauma. Just been a lot of trauma this week for me. (laughs) You know, it's a lot of trauma at Walgreens. Period. It seems like every time you go in there, it's just fucking something. Okay, but normally when I go in there, it's like old men that smell like olives and like and like women with their six kids like you know it's never anybody that you have to like maybe one or two good looking people but they're like together so it doesn't matter but this was like every single and and there was no women it was just me and like 10 hot guys (laughs) (laughs) it was terrible this is how I live chaotically yeah I'm just I just go I change with the seasons and that's it Speaking of seasons, it's like springtime right now, right? Right. Can I be vulnerable with you for a second? I love a vulnerable Aliqua. <laughs> <laughs> there are two things in this life that I am so terrified of. Number one, aliens. Because 
who wants to be in space with strangers? Not me. Uh, um, not me. For sure. Two fucking caterpillars or worms. I am terrified of them. Why? I didn't that about you. Yeah. Why do they move like that without any bones? That doesn't make sense to me, Jasmine. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, where are their bones? How are they moving like that? You know, isn't it like muscles or something that's pulling them? What muscles? They're, if you ever squished a worm, it's all goo. There's no, no worms muscles. are friends. I don't fucking squish them. I don't either. On <laughs> Ew, I don't even want to touch them. I, look, I love butterflies, but I just hate who they used to be. You know? Right. We all go through changes, and and some of them, some of them, we come out Ugh. come out looking looking better on the other side. You know how those little worms hang down, those little green, gross little worms that hang down like yeah. little fucking spicy, uh, like tree ornaments. Right. Yeah, I step outside, living my life, okay, minding my business, and one hits me. Straight in my fucking face, right in my mouth, right on my mouth, Jasmine. Right in the kisser. <laughs> right in the kisser. Thank God my mouth was closed for once in my life, because you know <laughs> it's usually open for one reason or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean eating or talking. Thank you. God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, I almost died. Uh, I cannot with that. I cannot. What do they do? I don't know, but I always they I've never had one in my mouth, but they do like get in my hair. Ooh, no. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. They'll can't get in my it. hair and I'll, I'll like there's no telling how long I'll walk around. <laughs> like not before I can actually feel it. Could you, <laughs> can you imagine you're like talking to your coworkers and you've got fucking ew, I can't. No. I've taken so many fucking like bugs and fucking spiders off people. They better say something to me. Listen, I promise you, right here and now. In front of twelve, the twelve people listening, <laughs> I will always tell you if you have worms in your hair. I will too. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know when they're flying into your mouth. I'll fucking uh, say something. <laughs> that was a one time. I'd rather be shit on by a bird, honestly, <laughs> repeatedly than having a worm in anywhere close to my mouth or my body. I, I'm. I cannot. Ugh, I cannot. Freaks me. I out. just had no idea you felt so strongly about about them. That's ever interesting. Since, ever since I was a kid, yeah, it's one of my big fears. I used to be t- terrified of aliens because of the probing, but then I grew up and I realized, ah, I kind of like that. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> do you uh you have something? For me today, I ha- you know what I have some things to discuss with you. Oh, here I am. I'm ready for it. All right. Well, let's dive in then. 
decided to go into Julio Santos the third, um, which I do have quite a bit of information on him and his family. Uh, his sister's very actively crusading for some changes to be made. Yep. So we're very thankful for that. Um, while I was researching him, uh, there were a lot of, I guess, people trying to be sure to use the correct pronouns because Julia was a, a fashionista and a glamorous guy. So I'm going to let everybody know that he did choose male pronouns. So he's a he, him. Thanks for uh, using the correct pronouns. Yeah, I try, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Julio Santos III was 22 years old. He was recovered from Lady Bird Lake by the Holiday Inn next to Interstate 35. Remember, like, I thought that I had all that shit on the Holiday Inn. This was the one that I couldn't find anything on. The one where all the action's happening is the one that doesn't have any action that can be seen. Yeah, what's up with that, though? I don't know. That's kind of weird. Are they covering it up? We need to figure that out. Because I know. That is, it's insane how many people have been found by or last seen at the Holiday Inn. I know. It's crazy. So many. Anyway. Um, Police said that Santos was reported missing on Friday. He was last seen at 6th Street and Red River at a food truck around 2.30 a.m. I don't, I'm not trying to blame his friends that he went down there with, um, but they did not reach out to the family until a full day had passed pretty much so he was after with- he was last seen. So he was with friends on on East on East Sixth and Red River. Red River. It, it, he was with friends. I know for sure at Barbarella, which is a uh, like nightclub downtown dance club. Okay. Um, on Red River, and then I don't know if he told them like, "Hey, I'm gonna go get something to eat or whatever," but he never came back. And his sister said that nobody had reached out to them until like nearly a full, a full day had passed saying that they never heard from him. That seems to be like a reoccurring theme where, I mean, obviously we know that they're out with friends. um, They start acting funny and then they wander off, which is bizarre. It's weird how that, that keeps happening. Yeah, you it's know. just like they're just straight up just disappearing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, he did also leave his wristlet and his phone at the bar somehow or another. I don't know if somebody like picked it up during closing and put it behind the bar, but somehow that his belongings ended up behind the bar. So, yeah, Barbarella. Left, so you're telling me that this fashionista <clears throat> guy, right? He's a fashionista. Uh-huh. Fashionista. That he left his his wristlet, but at and his cell phone, the the two main accessories to any to any outfit of any time. 
Yeah. At Barbarella's. Yeah. No way. That's true. That's true. And um, his family and friends did say that that's, that's not like, he's not an irresponsible person. So first of all, he wouldn't have left all his shit there. Second of all, he wouldn't have like, he was, he wouldn't be the type to just ditch his friends and go do something else. So he was on some, he like something, something was, was not right. Yeah. It, uh, it all was kind of weird. Um, when his body was recovered, all of his clothing, I guess, was intact, except mm. his, his belt was missing. So this is the first one that is missing something notably that we know of. Missing. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what the deal is with that, but. Let's say he was just drunk. Okay. Uh-huh. There's no way. I just don't see somebody who was so into fashion being like, oh, fuck this belt and just throwing it away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's we like, obviously, to me, that screams like somebody had con some sort of contact with him because why would he just or, dish his yeah. own belt? Originally, the police did say that his death appeared suspicious. Oh. Um, wow, that's a that's a turn of events for APD. It did appear suspicious, but the medical examiner found no suspicious trauma, so that led to the death being investigated as you know just an accidental, non-suspicious drowning. There um, it is. The medical examiner's office also reported that the only thing that showed up on the toxicology report was alcohol in his bloodstream. Uh, You know, they don't test for date rape drugs or synthetic drugs on a normal panel. That has to be that has to be made like a special request, I guess. Yeah, because, yeah, they just don't they don't do it you have to you have to specifically request for ghb um his and who knows like like what (laughs) (laughs) sorry no i was just like (gasps) but what normal person's gonna know about ghb yeah that's true i mean because i don't fucking know what you're talking about yeah i know i didn't know Um, this until we started doing this but apparently like you're you can't ask for ghb if you don't fucking know it exists yeah exactly his sister melanie raymond has been um actively crusading and trying to spread awareness that uh something dangerous is going on um you know that's that's interesting because when i first got into this when i first started looking into this um mm-hmm. She was the first person that I saw be like Julio Julio Santos the third was my brother and and I don't believe that you know this is an accident and something needs to happen there needs to be you know lights or whatever. Um, she was like the first person you know that that you really get yeah. introduced to when when you, when looking into this into the dis- disappearances and the and the um the happenings at Lady Bird Lake. 
Yeah, she's been extremely vocal. Extremely mm-hmm. vocal. Yeah. Um, she did say that the footage that her family saw of Julio walking around downtown was not her brother. That the demeanor he was displaying was so far off of the person that she knows that she knew that he was not not just fucked up, but he was like drugged. That's so crazy because uh, <clears throat> Martin Gutierrez's brother, who I should really learn his name, um, but he he said the same thing about Martin. And you yeah, know, like yeah, we know we know what our family. I know what my brother's like when he's drunk. He's still right, born. exactly. He's still boring. <laughs> And just like, you know, lame. And you you could tell the difference between, you know, your brother being just drunk. Right. Or being on something completely different. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and read a quote from her. Uh, She said, quote, I think he was drugged. I think he was overserved. I think he was lured over there. I picture him scared and not knowing what to do and being hurt. And I just imagine the worst. That's what we always call it. It's not Ladybird Lake. It's not Town Lake. It's Death River. Uh, I did come across a Reddit thread that said maybe uh, suicide would was a possibility. A friend of his came on to say he wasn't the kind of person to wander off from his friends. He was about to move to Seattle to start an internship with Nordstrom and his life was just beginning. I don't believe it was an accident or a suicide. Something happened. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you remember, but like in 2016, there was a case about the missing women in Ohio. And one of the women they said committed suicide because she like, they found coincidentally enough they found her in 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 the water underneath a bridge but she had gone the gas station and filled up her tank and then supposedly jumped off a bridge okay if he was suicidal why would he go and eat first you know what i mean right if you you know that you're gonna kill your like kill yourself you're not gonna fill up your tank you're not gonna fill up your your belly because there's no there's no point you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that was suicide at all. No, no I don't think so. No, I don't think so. In April, the city council had passed a resolution that calls on the city manager to come up with a safety plan. That plan included uh, exploring the capacity for having park rangers patrol and EMS stationed on the trailhead around Ladybird. The city manager is also tasked with looking into the halo cameras for the area and working with bars to prevent over-serving alcohol. The, the families of the, of the people who are being found are really pushing to have this happen. Yeah. Because I mean, they, they're all knowing like, if this is something that is accidental, get the shit up. And this is where the shit that we talked about last week with the fucking birds comes in (laughs) the birds (laughs) so melanie also said and i'm gonna quote her again if they're adopting resolutions to pacify that's not enough if they're gonna adopt a resolution and take 10 years to do it that's not enough 
So far, all we've received are empty promises. We should be able to have fun and not have to worry about our loved ones being found in the river and being told, oh, they just drink too much. I mean, that's true. That's basically what, you know, I mean, you go down there and and you get drunk and, and you end up in the river and they're just telling your family like, oh, yeah, sorry, you're. They just got, your family they just, just got too drunk. Yeah, they just fell right in. If they would have listened to her when when Julio went missing from the very get go, yeah, you know, if they would have listened to her, they they would have saved the lives of of Martin Martin Gutierrez, Luis Ramirez, uh, you know, Jason Randy John, Lexel, Jason yeah. John, Jonathan Honey, like all these people. Who knows? Like they could have saved their lives if they would have just listened to Melanie. Yeah, it's true. So Santiago Becerra couldn't find a lot about him. So I am going to pretty much just read the, the little bit that I did find. Um, he was found in Ladybird Lake near the 2800 block of Stratford Lane, which is kind of close to Zilker Park. That's another common area that people seem to be going missing from if they're attending ACL or doing whatever. Right. Um, the Travis County Medical Examiner's Office identified the body that was recovered from Lady Bird Lake as Santiago Gonzalez Becerra, a graduate student in the accounting professional program at the Macomb School of Business. Gonzalez is... Oh, he's a smart guy. Yeah, smarty. Smarty. Gonzalez Becerra's sister reported him missing November 26th to the University of Texas Police Department. The medical examiner's office reported no suspicious trauma to the body. The cause of death has yet to be determined. UT Police Chief David Carter says the university is providing counselors and other resources to help students mourning Gonzalez Becerra's death. You know what the UT fucking police chief should do? Fucking lend like forensic students and have them do an examination because I don't know yeah. what the hell these fucking medical examiners are even doing in Austin. I don't know because this article finishes up with the university of Texas and the Austin police department are investigating Becerra's death. A cause of death has not been released, but the medical examiner's office reported no suspicious trauma to the body. Now, uh, speaking of, I mean, you know the coroner doesn't have to have any type of forensic pathology. I know, but the coroner anything. But the coroner doesn't. He, they're not. They don't, they're not <clears throat> the ones that that like examine the body. They they just no like, no no. no. Yeah. The, the bodies, from what I understand, if the bo- if somebody dies suddenly or the original circumstances might be suspicious. Then they get transferred to the medical examiner. Um, the medical examiner kind of picks and chooses, like through the cases, which ones that qualify for them to examine, and then they they examine the body. But I will say that the Travis County Medical Examiner's Office has had issues in the past. I don't know if they've had any recently. Uh, but they have had issues of in the past where the autopsy reports were not um, correct and had to be redone after a certain amount of time to add in shit 
that was missing or overlooked. And I think a lot of that has to do with there's just not a lot of medical examiners in Travis County. I mean, and there's not a lot of medical examiners in the surrounding counties either. So yeah, a lot of times what happens is like the other count, like surrounding counties will, will bring in um, our medical examiners, you know, from Travis County to, to help them. And it's like, how many, how many, cases are we giving our medical examiners i mean if they're overloaded they can't get the job done correctly yeah no that's that's very true i mean Mm because they're gonna get it burnt out and just fucking be like oh yeah no nothing weird nothing weird here right they just want to go home you know and then and then it just causes things like this it causes issues like this where where people's lives get turned upside down because they'll never know what truly happened to their loved ones. It's just, right. it's just like a, it's just like a, a domino effect, you know? Yeah. Well, especially in the cases of the families who are seeing the footage and knowing like, no, something's fucked up. Yeah. Like something's fucked up here. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're just not being listened to. No. And that's so frustrating. It's frustrating when you telling somebody who doesn't know your loved one, what what's wrong and they're like no the evidence doesn't show that and you're like okay but like did you grow up with this person or did you raise this person like i know this person you just you've never met this person yeah so it's frustrating i i hope i never have to go through that to be honest because that's just i couldn't imagine yeah i hope i hope to never have to but that's why we're doing this so that we can shed light onto onto these cases and that so you know because there's so many people that there's so many people in austin that know people are being found in in ladybird lake but they don't know that it's a reoccurring theme they don't know that they're all on rainy street they don't know that they're all with their friends they don't know all these specific details. A lot of people don't even know. They've never even heard of the smiley face murders. They don't right. know that this is a national issue. Like, they don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's just, it's fucking weird all around, you know? I know. Yeah. I was talking to my friend, um, Steve, who I call Stevasaur Sex, which is neither here or there. <laughs> and- <laughs> And I was talking to him on the phone and I was telling him about what's been happening and he, he got really into it and he's a smart guy. Like he owns his own business. He's, he's a really smart guy, but um, we were talking and we, he was like, there's no way that, that this is all just a bunch of coincidences. If we're going by the smiley face killers theory, the first case would have been Patrick McNeil and he was in New York in 1997 and we were thinking we're like well 1997 you didn't have the internet right right you couldn't you you there's no way that you could like just google like what's the best way to dispose of a body you know like yeah there's yeah you have to do research so we were thinking like well the first person to kind of start this whole underground gang or group of of killers basically that's what they theorize is going on had to have either been a person that was in law enforcement a medical examiner maybe or like a forensic student 
And I was like that the forensic student would make a lot of sense to me because first of all, like these are all young men who are going missing. Right. Like around that are college ages. You know what I mean? So if, if, if this was somebody who was like going to NYU and, and also I like checked, I like Googled it because you can do that now. And I Googled it and I was like, holy shit. The, the forensics program at NYU was extensive. I mean, it was like so many different types of forensics. It would make complete sense if this person who started this group was a forensic student. No, that actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah. It really does. Would you have known? I mean, think about it. All these other serial killers, they get caught. Why do they get caught? They they mess up. That's true. They, well, the, the water takes away a lot of evidence. Ed Kemper, for instance, is, is a genius. He's a genius. But he didn't yeah. know that. So he got caught. This person had to have had known have acquired the proper knowledge in order to do this for this long without getting caught. And he's, he's teaching them because that's, that's a theory is that, is that they've all, you know, they've branched out their cells now in in different cities because the person I'm about to talk talk about was, was found in Boston, you know, so it, it, it didn't spread very far at first. Well, Stevasaurus um, X has got certainly a good, a good theory going. So congratulations, Steve. Which brings me to the case of Brian Welsian. On December 31st, 1999, 21-year-old Brian Welsian, a Northern Illinois University student, went to Chicago with a group of his friends to bring in the new year. After all of them had checked into their shared hotel room, they headed to the Irish Eyes Pub a bar in the heart of Lincoln Park. Some articles claimed Brian had only two drinks, while others say he had about four. Either way, at the the bar's closing, Brian expressed his want to go back to the hotel because he wasn't feeling well. One of his friends... Yeah. One of his friends agreed to take Brian and some of the others back to the hotel, and as he was parking the car to let the other people out... Brian's friend recalled Brian just kind of sitting there and then threw up twice. Okay. So that's, that's so similar to Patrick McNeil. Yeah. I was just going to say Patrick McNeil was vomiting quite a bit too. Yep. The other two friends were already in the hotel room by the time Welsian was able to get out of the car. And that's when the driver drove off to park his car two blocks from the hotel. When Brian's friend returned on foot to the hotel, Brian was gone. So again, group of friends separates, get well, gets sick, and then and then wanders off. Right? Yeah. After he had been dropped off, several people reported seeing Brian throwing up near the hotel entrance. One person witnessed Brian leaning against a parked car for support. Really? Yeah. Just like Patrick. Just like Patrick had been witnessed doing as well. <laughs> when the rest of his friend 
of his friend group came back to the hotel around 4 a.m. Brian still wasn't there, and they briefly searched for him, but eventually gave up. And when they all and they and when they all awoke on New Year's Day, and Brian was still nowhere to be found, they they called the police. So, not unlike Julio Santos III, he also his friends also kind of waited a while, right, to, to contact the police. To, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Cause like if you and I were out together and you fucking went missing, even for a second, not that I like I would be following you around everywhere anyways, <laughs> but we're, we're so codependent. <laughs> but also if somebody kidnapped me, Jasmine, they'd bring me right the fuck back and you know that. That you know, I do I do. <laughs> they'd be like Never mind, she complains too much. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, too, though, is I think if you're an adult, you have to be missing for like 70 or 24 hours or 72 hours in order for the police to even like consider you a missing person. But I thought that it was I thought that they took that away or did they not? Well, not in 1999. Oh, well, let me shut the fuck up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. I don't know. I mean, that was, sorry, that was, but not 1999. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not a scientist. Okay. All right. I'm I'm not (laughs) fucking Gwen Stefani, but I'm just a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Wilsian was missing for 77 days until his body was recovered on a beach on Lake Michigan in Gary, Indiana, 30 miles away from where the police assumed he drunkenly stumbled in and ultimately drowned in Lake Michigan off the shores of Chicago, Illinois. So he was 30 miles, 30 miles. He was in Chicago and then was missing for 77 fucking days. And then was found dead on the shores of Lake Michigan in Gary, Indiana, 30 miles away. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. That's in 77 days. um, Brian's death was ruled an undetermined drowning despite the multitude of inconsistencies. Years later, Detective Gannon and his team were asked to review Brian uh, Welsian's case. Sergeant William Fazekas, the Gary Police Department detective that was originally assigned to the case, told Detective Gannon that he was surprised that the lack of decomposition Brian's body was in. And I quote, It looked like he was missing within a week. It was that fresh. From my experience, someone that's dead, even in the cold and with the climate that cl- that changes from hot to warm the decomp was nothing said physicus the medical examiner was able to describe the coronary arteries which is highly improbable to see that kind of detail on a body that had been decomposing for 77 days unless it had been frozen but according to the u.s coast guard lake michigan did not freeze during brian's disappearance uh so why would he be that fresh fresh mm-hmm. for lack of a better word um 
It was also noted that the medical examiner did not find fluid in the lungs or chest cavities, but there was a small amount of sand found in the larynx, suggesting that he did not drown and that it was highly likely that he, that Brian was already dead when he entered the water. So this is the same. It's the same thing as Patrick McNeil and Larry yeah. Andrews. Yeah. Undetermined drowning. Mm-hmm. Weird shit. They're going missing for long periods of time. Yeah. And the Austin guys are going missing, you know, seemingly for just like a few days at the most. Well, I think that's because of technology. <clears throat> because here, here's the thing. In 1999, people didn't have cell phones yet. And, this, and if you did have a cell phone, like it was still in its infantile stages of technology. Like they didn't have GPS, right? I mean, also, I mean, also, there's more cameras, too, you know? Right. And let's face it. Who can afford to have a house without anybody else in it in Austin? Everybody's got roommates. You're going to be fucking found out. Yeah. You, yeah, you just they'll, can't do it. They'll hear something. Hear or yeah. see or smell something. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, a, it's nearly impossible. That's why I think if... That's why I don't think they're holding people anymore. I think they're just. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so either. I think it's just. Do it and, and dispose, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Another confounding detail was the fixed postmortem lividity found in on the posterior surface of the body. Meaning he would have had to be found floating face up in order for the blood to pool up at his back. For Wellesian's body to present with that lividity, he had to have been lying on his back on a surface for longer than 12 hours. And as last time I checked, do you think, is water a surface? I don't think so. No. No. Right? (laughs) Right? I mean, right? Is that considered a surf? I don't think so. (laughs) No, you can surf on it, but I don't think that you can uh, consider it a surface. Well, I don't know. I'm not a geologist anyways i don't know i don't know either i'm just a pharmacist (laughs) after presenting their findings to brian's mother stephanie welzian fazika's agreed to contact the medical examiner's office to reopen the case and investigate the possibility of foul play at this time fazika's is actively pursuing new leads so they are looking for new leads Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think, well, here's the thing with Brian Welzian is I, I do believe that Detective Gannon and his crew have him as one of the victims for the smiley face murders. So, okay. so, so he is, his, his case is still being investigated. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But it's pretty interesting. Um, I did. I did want to kind of um, start something with our podcast. I would like to bring a missing person um, in the Austin area or, or the, in Texas every week to light on our podcast. I love that. Thanks. I think it would be really helpful to get their, their name and stuff out there. I, for this particular person, I've already posted her picture on our Instagram and I will be posting it on our Facebook group. Um, so please be on the lookout for that. Um, girl, 
20-year-old Madeline Molina Pantoja, last seen May 10th, 2023 at 11 p.m. at 1711 West Francis in Midland, Texas. Uh, she's five foot four. She's 130 pounds, long, dark brown, black hair, dark brown eyes, Hispanic. She has two butterfly tattoos behind her right ear, a tattoo of a snake with a rose on her right arm. If you see her, please contact Midland Police. And if you have any information, you can call this number 432-685-7108. Her case number is 2305-11032. There is a $10,000 reward. Well, hopefully somebody will recognize her and reporter yeah i hope so i hope they can find her for sure um there there are other people in the austin area that um, are missing but i don't have a they don't have a description they only have a picture so i'll try and find their descriptions uh this week and maybe we can put them on next week's episode that sounds awesome i'd love it i hopefully it'll help that's why we need this maybe maybe like i don't know somebody will see it or hear it who knows we're just trying to get good karma is what we're trying to do just doing our best and we're just doing our very little best very little best um what do you have for me next week uh next week i'm gonna go into fernando ortiz and Luis louis ramirez Ooh, yeah uh Luis Ramirez is is really interesting. I have like, I looked him up on Facebook and I have like, I don't have any mutual friends with him, but, but his friends, like almost all of his friends, I have mutual friends with. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, That's interesting. yeah, it's such a small world and it kind of makes me feel really connected to that case yeah. in, in particular, you know, because there's people that I know that knew him. Right, right. Um, what do you need for me? Uh, I don't know. I have to look it up. Sorry. It's going to be a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't tell you because I don't know yet. <laughs> anyway. All right. See y'all next week. Hope you uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Oh, we didn't do our... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, If you would like, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Nosy Nancy's. Or if you'd like to join our elitist group of 12 people, it's... Nosy Nancy's Podcast on Facebook. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, We also also have a Twitter... Which neither of us knows how to fucking use. So if somebody wants to take that over for us, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's nosy Nancy's too. But don't do, don't interact with anything. Because yeah. <laughs> it'll just freak us out. We don't know what to do. <laughs> um, also, we are, we are still looking for, um, we're still looking for, for listener stories. So if you know anybody that 
something weird has happened to them in Austin or the surrounding areas of Austin or somewhere in Texas or even on this planet. We'd love, we'd love to hear about that. Um, yeah. Cause we're desperate and <clears throat> yeah, we're getting desperate. So if you have like a bad dream, if you have a bad feeling, uh, go ahead and send that in. <laughs> If you just want the attention, go ahead. Send that in. Yeah. Go ahead and slide it over. Slide that into our, (laughs) yeah. Slide into our DMs, baby. Yeah. Do it, baby. No. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, It's nosynancies at gmail.com. I think that's it. That's it. So stay tuned for uh, the Austin guys next week and Aliqua's surprise. Hope you enjoyed. Ciao. Say la vie, my friend.